Hello and welcome to episode 70 of the SJ Chronicles. Today is Monday the 9th of October 2017. I hope you had a good weekend and a good start to your week. I've been a little bit under the weather for the last um, two or three days so probably explains why I didn't pop in and do an episode over the weekend. Um, nothing major, just uh, you know, one of those things that comes every so often. Um, so yeah, but so I had a bit of busy and hectic day today. Um, got a few deadlines <clears throat> that sort of came out of left field and um, requiring a fair amount of grinding through things to get them done. Um, <clears throat> there's a few things that actually came up over the weekend that I'd like to talk about, um, but I won't do that all today. I just um, wanted to touch on one of them today. And uh, on the face of it, this might not seem like it has anything much to do with entrepreneurship, but I think it does because basically it's around about, it's around presenting, um, and that applies to all kinds of areas of life, really. Um, all kinds of people need to do presentations, so entrepreneurs need to do them, but so do medical educators and other people. <clears throat> and this came up in the context of some discussion around um, a physiotherapy event that we're organizing. Um, and basically, just a little bit of background, I suppose. When I first started doing presentations um, some 10 years ago now or so, um, maybe a bit less, you know, like, like many of us do, I guess, we, I sort of followed what I had seen in terms of what people presenting to me had, had done. And what that tends to look like and still does for many people are lots of slides with lots of bullet points and lots and lots of text, often too small to read. Um, graphs and other images that you can't really read that are too packed with detail and information. And lots and lots of, just lots and lots and lots of stuff. <laughs> um, and what a lot of people tend to do when they prepare presentations is to sort of say, okay, they have notes for example they might use it use those as a template but they kind of say what are all the things I'd want to say and how do I fit them all into my slides and then <clears throat> for some people that then is followed by just basically reading all of their slides for the entire duration of their presentation um, and as I said I, I sort of started off on that path as well really because that's kind of what I was used to and that's what other people seem to do so for me you know the biggest accomplishment was trying to make just trying to remove as many words as possible so I could at least get the font as big as I could. But, you know, it was still bullet points and text. Photos thrown in that weren't adding much to the transfer of information, but were just there because, you know, there's obligation to have some pictures and so on. And then some years ago, I came across a discussion in medical education circles about what really we should be doing. And, you know, it seemed so right to me <clears throat> that I then spent a long time redoing almost a thousand of my CPD slides try and improve them. Subsequently I've heard about this in other areas too in terms of this alternative version of uh, presenting but I still think that many many people um, in medical circles and elsewhere still adhere to the kind of conventional uh, way. So what, what is this new sort of idea? Well really <clears throat> it's a few things. Um, mostly it's focused on reducing what you put in your slides. Um, reduce, 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 really. And it's also focused on trying to tell a story, so building your education around storytelling rather than just a relentless stream of slides and facts. 
It's also based around the recognition that people will not remember a huge amount of detail from a presentation. There's some evidence suggesting that there might be even as little as four key messages from a one-hour lecture. Um, and so, you know, the idea is that if you want to give them lots of detail, you give them notes and you give them a handout. You ideally send that even, you know, beforehand so they have the opportunity to read it, but like I talked about in a previous episode with the kind of flip CPD idea. So you make all that information and detail available to them in another format, but you don't try and put it all in your slides and you don't try and get through it all. What you're really trying to do is to tell a story um, and <clears throat> change your slides to get them as user-friendly as they can be. But remembering that really the slides are the backdrop. Um, they're like the orchestra and you're the conductor, so really you want people to be focusing on you and not your slides. And I'm going to come back after the interlude and uh, carry on with this and give you a little bit of an anecdote as well. Cheers. Okay, so as I said in the, in the last um, segment, the idea is that you are the conductor, you want people to be paying attention to you, not your slides. And so the more you try and get them to read your slides, the less attention they pay to you. Of course, you don't want to be reading your own slides either, because then you're basically ignoring the people that are attending your presentation. Um, and this is much more, supposed to be much more about an interaction and a dialogue and a discussion than it is about you staring at the screen reading and them sort of listening to you or not, um, staring at the screen themselves, etc. So the anecdote was that a couple of years back I gave a talk, a CPD talk, to some vets in London. And the topic was diabetic ketoacidosis, which is relatively complicated. It's not quantum physics or anything, but um, you know, it's not a, it's not necessarily that straightforward. And um, the projector that, that was available at the venue actually had broken. And so we weren't able to project the slides and the organizers were very concerned about all of this. I was very relaxed about it. Um, because I don't need my slides as a safety net or, you know, to provide me some sort of comfort that I can read them. Um, and uh, so basically I had my laptop open so I could see the slides just to remind me of what was coming next. Um, and we did this, did this session, you know, uh, without the, the audience seeing any of the slides. And I actually got voted best speaker of the year for that year and won the prize. So I think it just proved the point really that it's really not about the slides. It's about the transfer of information and the engagement and the interaction. Now, don't get me wrong, I totally understand that some people need to have information in their slides to provide them this um, safety blanket of, you know, not remembering what they need to say, um, not being comfortable and confident with the information. But on the flip side, I think if people realigned the lens and said, well, actually, we are overcomplicating how much we need to try and communicate in the presentation, then of course that helps with this worry about forgetting to say what you need to say because you actually need to just say you know what we're not trying to convey lots of facts and details um, that's not the purpose of this that's what the handouts for that's what the notes are for this is an opportunity to tell a story to engage answer questions etc I think that can help but I do understand some people have the insecurity and you know maybe one solution to that is to have uh, a laptop with notes on it things that you need to prompt yourself with and then a different set of slides but I would encourage people to just try and move away from that paradigm completely um, so it, you know I'm by no means very good at the whole telling a story aspect and partly that's because it takes a lot of time and if you listen to some people who are 
<coughs> well recognized as good uh, medical presenters for example you know there's a whole build-up of sometimes months before any single presentation where they're gathering their thoughts they're accumulating media images rehearsing practicing all that kind of stuff and i don't i don't you know have the time to do any of that although having said that they're also very busy people so i'm not quite sure how they manage it but um i at least try and have my slides in a format that i think that they're better than they used to be even if there's not that much story and and a lot of what i say in my presentations is very much off the cuff the slides help me think of what i you know what's the next topic if you like or what's the next point but i don't have any sort of script i just kind of free flow on it but it's things like um seeing where you can replace well first of all get rid of as much of the text as possible and where you have to keep it um you know try and kind of minimize it but you know use images as much as possible rather than text um and stripping out a lot of the facts and the detail that you might have tried to cram into your slides before um focusing on what your key messages are and repeating them often and getting them across you know at the beginning in the middle at the end um getting rid of the bullet points getting rid of the lists and if you're going to have slides that have text on them then try to build them up over a series of slides so say you had five points to make you would have five slides that you would build up so the slides moving moving quickly keeps the audience more engaged and listening to you rather than staring at one slide for you know two three four minutes whatever it might be um you know so i'm not by any means a master at any of this but i just think people could definitely do what they do better uh, when it comes to presenting and my approach seems to go down quite well i don't think i'm sure changing people in terms of the level of discourse we're having and information i'm providing and i always try and give comprehensive notes um in fact the the one I'm doing in November I got an email from the organizer saying that the best set of notes she's ever seen uh, in terms of their layouts and so on so anyway I'll catch you tomorrow so in the meantime take chances be compassionate live in a beautiful state have an open heart and an open mind cheers